interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. Mikey's on the one to twos. A couple things I wanted to hit, uh, talk about here. Um, solo with you, with you folks out there. Feel free to leave some comments in the comment section as we've got a couple. Uh, you should be... These are way too short. You should be at least doing at least two hours. Who should be doing two hours? Me? Troy? Oh, it's not over yet, buddy. I got... I had to give myself a little uh, time to talk here tonight, buddy. But yeah, uh, thanks to Josh for the interview for sure. Um, let's talk about Baker for a minute. Let's bring up some of this stuff. So, you know, we went back and looked at this stuff uh, pretty extensively. Last week we covered his shoulder injury pretty extensively at All Eyes on Cleveland and uh, talked, uh, you know, my brother played with the uh, injury at receiver in, in college, Ohio Wesleyan, and talked to me at length about it. Uh, you know, it's not painful so much as it is restrictive with the harness, and that's kind of what we were. We were. Uh, uh, it, Troy, man, you can do no wrong, brother. It's all good. It is all good. We're, we're not ending yet, but it's all good. You can do no wrong. You ask for more all eyes on Cleveland, you shall you shall get more all eyes on Cleveland, sir. Troy is a faithful supporter of the show, and we appreciate that big time. But yeah, let's so let's talk about Baker and what we saw from him. And what we saw, honestly, when we went back and looked at this, is this right here. And I want to bring this up again as I had it up earlier. But uh, you know, this you know I, I agree. Baker looked much better last week. There's no question about it. And the harness is certainly affecting him. I think there's no question about that either. That you could see the the adjustment in his throwing motion. So from we were started off, me and Jeff last week on the show, comparing his throwing motion from week A to B, which was the, the Vikings week, to, from the Bears week to the Vikings week, or from prior to the injury to the Vikings week where he was very inaccurate. And you could see, we talked at length about him, you know, coming away from the ball. He uses a lot of his body, even more than some other quarterbacks, but very much, and he's always got that, he's always got the thumb pointed down here, right? And we were seeing a lot of him tucking his arm back with his thumb up into his shoulder. And that basically we figured out, and you, I put pictures of it on Twitter, but that's the harness, right? He can't fully extend, get that same torque or that same motion when, with the harness on. It seems like they adjusted it somewhat, um, and he looked much better, much more accurate uh, against the Chargers. However, the same issues are arising, and, and I want to preface this with, and I, I should have done it today when I put the tweet out, and I made the mistake of tweeting on this topic because you get such anger from both sides of this issue, right? And uh, it'll probably, the threat will probably continue till the end of time or until the two of them, Odell and Baker, are not on the same team. But something is wrong here, right? Like, there is something wrong. Um, 
I don't know what is happening, but Odell is open. He is open down the field. There are four instances of it, plain as day, on the all-22 footage, where he is wide open. And a couple of them, Baker's not even looking in his direction, but uh, I urge you to go watch Chris Sims' segment from yesterday in his, he does a What the Fuck Happened segment uh, on his show, and one of them was on the Browns and and the Chargers, and he was talking about Baker not seeing Odell or not even throwing because, you know, a couple of the plays were successful plays. One was the Donovan Peoples-Jones, but Baker was open over the top on a corner route, or, I mean, Odell was open over the top on a corner route. The Njoku touchdown honestly could have gone to Odell, very similar to the Mike Williams play where he was wide open. Um, and then what, what, you, what you're talking about later on in the game, even in the fourth quarter, in crucial segments in the game where they didn't score on drives, he gets quarters coverage. You're getting a soft man-to-man where the guy's off of him by like eight feet. I, w- I should have brought the put the tape up here, but I don't have it. But he had he's off off eight feet, and there's no safety help over the middle. He literally just runs a post, and he's wide open. And Baker doesn't even look at him. He goes left, and he never looks at him. And I like that's pre-snap identification where, dude, he's got leverage, he's got space. There's no help. This is Odell Beckham Jr. Holy shit! Holy shit! I should be looking right for this. This is, you know, this is gonna be open. This should be six, and he's not going there. I don't get it. Uh, uh, Glenn has in the comments here has said the same thing. He saw that with Diggs and Cousins back in, and he said something similar to that. Uh, you think the coach is handcuffing him? Glenn is saying, uh, I, I would disagree because I saw, we saw him at the end of last year, right? Throwing into tight, tight windows down the field and not missing these kind of things, right? He's missed Donovan Peoples-Jones on numerous times. He's been wide open early in the season. Odell has been a steady diet of missing him open down the field. Now, it may be the hardest now. He may not feel that he can even throw it that that far down the field. Statistically, he is 0 for his last 11 on passes of 20-plus yards or more. That's not great. That's not great, obviously. So something is wrong there because that's not Baker Mayfield. We know Baker Mayfield pushes the ball down the field successfully. He'll throw it into tight windows. He will pretty much plays balls out, right? But you look at, to Glenn's point, maybe it's they're emphasizing turnovers, right? No turnovers in the last three games. Maybe that's the emphasis. Maybe they don't want him to take those chances right now. It's hard to fathom what's going on, but it doesn't make sense with Odell because Odell is open. And to that point, I will bring this up again. He is open. Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr. are getting open on 72% of their routes, five plus yards or more. Um, Troy commenting on the end of the game last week. The reason that we ran into uh, it on third and ten because it would have been an unpredictable play 
had it uh, work even though it didn't work. It still probably shocked the Chargers like while they ran. Yeah, you know, Troy, I get that, but I get that idea, and I've heard people argue that too. Like, hey, you know, he would have looked like a genius if it if it would have worked. But uh, to be honest, that is the point in the game that you play for as an offense. You can't be aggressive all game long, go for it on fourth downs, go toe-for-toe with the Chargers, and then have a chance to salt the game away with a couple first downs and settle for a run in that situation. Whether you trust Baker or not, and I do, but whether Stefanski does or not, or whether he's worried about the tackle or not, you have to go to a play and attempt to get that first down. Punning to them is game over in that point. Your defense has not stopped them at all the entire game. Your punter can't clear it past the 50-yard line, which is a whole other issue that I didn't even breach on the show. But, you know, the punting situation is putrid right now. Uh, but, I mean, they got the ball at the 50-yard line, of course. All they needed was a field goal. I mean, you give them the ball back there, the game is over. You know that going into third down. Stefanski said he was sick about the play call. We were all sick about it because you needed a, two first downs, really, realistically, to put away that game. You needed to stay aggressive. And he kind of choked on it. And I love Stefanski, and I'll never say that he's not the right guy for the job, and he's a great play caller, but he got tight. He got really tight late, and you can't do that because what you look at and what people are now looking at is you're seeing a pattern. The Ravens last year, the Chiefs in the playoffs, the Chiefs this year, the Chargers this year. Big games, elite teams, they're not finding a way to get it done that don't get me wrong this is a young football team who has to learn how to finish hence the name of the showing tonight rounds look to learn from growing pain these are the growing pains you have to go through when you bring in a whole new defense on the defensive side of the ball and you have communication problems like you had last week i'll still say i'll still say and, and, and I just want to make this clear that Odell is open. Let's be clear. He's open, and for whatever reason, he's not getting the ball. And that's weird. It's weird. It would make them better. They need to find a way to get him the ball. This statistic, the film from last week, it needs to be portrayed to Baker. You need to get him the ball when he's open. He's one of our best playmakers. When he And I, and I think Stefanski realizes it. In his quote this week, he said, in one of the quotes, we need to give our playmakers more chances down the field. Flat out, quote. I read between that as saying he he realizes that he had open receivers and they were missed. I don't blame, I mean, I mean the, the Chargers couldn't stop the Browns for the entirety of the game. They could not. They could not stop the run game. Baker was effective in the intermediate short pass game. Uh, Njoku was fantastic. Finally unlocked that. Let's hope that that can keep going. But uh, as far as like grading out Baker so far this year, he's not playing as well as he was at the end of last year. And people that are pointing to the 122.57 and all this stuff, uh, you know, that's a great passer rating. But 
realistically, he's not playing the same way he was at the end of last year. He's not there yet. Maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's the harness. Maybe it's the coaching. I don't think it's the coaching, to be honest. But he's playing at like a C-plus level right now. And he needs to be better than that. For this offense to be good enough to finish off and win games against teams like the Chargers. Great news is they play the Cardinals this week. And you know what? The Browns don't match up well against as well against the Chargers and Chiefs as they will against the Cardinals. I really feel strongly that what the Browns do defensively is going to show well against the Cardinals this week. Look at what the 49ers did. 49ers virtually run the same scheme that Joe Woods runs. Um, and, yeah, Troy, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. Best point right there. It's week five, right? We're not even close to done judging what Baker's body of work will look like this year. And I said it to Josh. I fully believe by the end of this season that he will be worth signing a dotted line on a $40 million contract. He, they will sign him up as a franchise quarterback. I, you heard it here first, whatever. You heard it here second, third, fourth. I fully believe that when he gets right or they figure this thing out or whatever happens, he will be the man going forward. Um, you know, he didn't start off great last year either is another thing. You know, but he hit his groove and he looked fantastic. Uh, Glenn saying he didn't play great last year to start same point I made to make uh and didn't nor did he play uh the play calling till after the Pittsburgh game it's a great point play calling was not as good uh until after the Pittsburgh game play calling has been great so far until the end of the game I have no problem with Stefanski is a genius play caller he has defenses off balance week in week out for the most part you know that Chargers defense is not terrible. They have some good players on that defense. What the Browns did to them, the way they ran the ball on them and passed the ball on them, they could not stop them, which is why it's so frustrating that he got tight at the end of the game because there's no reason to stop that momentum just because the guy missed an extra point. It, I've made this point multiple times. If he makes the extra point and it's a tie game, they come out gunslinging, running plays to go down and score. They should have come out doing that to go get first two two first downs, then sit on it, then go victory formation, and you get out of there with the win. You have the ball up one. That's the ideal situation you want. Nobody stopped you all day. You should be able to go get two first downs. He got tight. He ran it on third and nine in that situation. Giving them the ball back there is, is game over. Very frustrating. Let's talk about the Cardinals, though. I mean, this is... This, to me, is justification week, right? The Cardinals should have lost twice. The Browns should have won two games. The Cardinals and the Browns in Cleveland at 4 o'clock on a fall afternoon. Like I said, I love games like this. It's going to be dark by the time the game's over. I got the Browns winning this game, and I got them winning by, like, 10. They're going to come out strong. The defense is going to play well. Murray's ding. Chandler Jones might not play. Hudson's out. I expect it, you know, as long as the Browns can field a healthy enough team, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of people have blamed the defense on 
the depth last week, but it wasn't the depth. It was your starting safeties that were not good last week. The the misplays were Ronnie Harrison and Delpit. Blown coverages with John Johnson back there. John Johnson will get it. He's a great football player. He hasn't showed up like that yet. Troy Hill is a great football player. God damn it. I will pound the table for Troy Hill. We, we love him here. You know? Uh, these guys were brought in to do everything on the defensive side of the ball. And they looked great for two straight weeks against the Bears and the Vikings. And, and they ran into a buzzsaw against Justin Herbert, who is fantastic and has weapons all around him. But the miscommunications where Mike Williams is just running wide open down the field is just what can't happen. And those miscommunications did not come from the Browns' depth. Greedy Williams played great. A.J. Green played pretty damn good in relief and forced into action. Played pretty damn good. Uh, those plays were on the safeties. Your starting safeties. Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, not in the right place. Poor communication. Poor reads. They'll get it fixed up this week. It won't happen. Glenn, Glenn Hammond's commenting. Um, why haven't we used trick plays? He's setting stuff up, uh, and then he will release the true bank. Yeah, I mean, I think that once again, I go I go back to that. I don't think he's 100%, not because of the pain or anything, but I think the harness is really restrictive, and I think that may affect the, his ability to really get back. I mean, try go out, out back and try throwing a, a tennis ball, even a football, whatever, as far as you can. It takes this front arm. It does. It takes a lot of that, and it takes the extension and the turn and all of that. And right now, he doesn't have that. This is restricted to him. That's why I think they figured out last week, oh, maybe we can do this, whatever, loosen it a little bit. And he can. He felt comfortable, and he looked great throwing in the intermediate and short and very accurate, right? But the downfield pass, the deep ball, the ones where we're going, oh, my God, Odell's wide open. Why isn't he throwing him the ball? Maybe it's a harness. Could be. Problem is, there's a. we're starting now to see more and more data points of them on the field together and it not working. That's that's the problem, right? Let's be real. We thought that more and more data points of them on the field together would lead to, eh, this was just a fluke. It was just they needed time. They needed this. Uh, the, the offense, the whole thing was last year, it wasn't you know, they wanted to believe, they wanted us to believe this narrative, right? They fed us this in the offseason. It wasn't a disconnect between Baker and Odell. It was just the offense wasn't where it was supposed to be until after Odell got hurt. If Odell would have been there after he got hurt, then he would have been, uh, he would have been a beneficiary of the offense just like everybody else was, blooming and looking great through the second half of the season. Well, here we are, and it's more time with OBJ and Baker on the field and still no connection. And OBJ's open. I mean, the statistics don't lie. One more time. 72% of his routes, five yards downfield. He's open. Get him the ball. I don't know what, I don't know, but he's a weapon. 
No Jarvis Landry right now. He's a weapon, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that the routes are, like I said, just too long, and that he's really trying to protect the ball. He hasn't turned it over. Maybe, maybe it is coaching. Maybe they're saying we don't want you taking any chances. No turnovers with our run game. We can win games. I, I doubt that. I, I think Stefanski would like to get him the ball. I think it's more of Bake probably holding back a little bit because of that harness or whatever it may be. And sometimes his vision, he misses guys. He misses guys sometimes. That's one of his faults, and it has been one of his faults for a couple of years. Not saying he's a bad quarterback. I love Baker. But one of the things he does is he misses guys that are open. We need to give defense time for the communication, says Glenn. Uh, you even said to start the season, uh, week seven or eight would be winner. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, hell, this defense, when they played the way they did against the Bears and against the Vikings, I was shocked that they were playing that well this early. Uh, Glenn, you're absolutely right. I, I did say that. I, I don't think that – I think this defense is a top-five defense in the NFL, and they're ranked up there now, but because of the benefit of playing uh, Justin Fields in his first-ever game and the tremendous game they played against the Vikings, because the Vikings have a great offense too, so you cannot give them credit for that game. But what we're finding out is, is in reality, without those breakdowns, I like this defense even more now than I did before the season, Glenn, because let's think about it. We didn't know, I didn't know what Greedy was. Greedy looks great. I didn't know what A.J. Green was. A.J. Green looks great. I mean, these guys, I mean, this defense should be fantastic in the second half of the season. They should be top-notch in the second half of the season. And Baker should be further we get away from the shoulder injury. Maybe they take the bigger harness down to a smaller one and he gets some more range of motion. And maybe we start to see that deep ball a little bit more. It's very possible. And maybe we start to see True Bake pushing the ball into tight windows more. Maybe he's playing a little conservative because of that right now. The problem I have believing that, and I do think that that may be some of it, the problem I have with believing that, though, is that there's just a history of him missing guys from time to time. At his best last year, he still missed guys. But he will push the ball down the field. And I think that um, Baker will, by the end of the season, look like your franchise quarterback. I do believe that. Fully believe that. And I fully believe that this will be a top five defense by the end of the year. This is your justification game against the Cardinals. Cardinals should have lost twice. Browns should have maybe won twice. This evens it all out, right? Browns beat the Cardinals. It's big news. They beat the only undefeated team. Uh, the Cardinals should have lost. This justifies that, gets kind of evens things out both sides. This is your karma game, right? This, this evens things out. This just makes sense to me that the Browns go out and win this game. And I think they look sharp. And I, and I think that Stefan, this is the difference between Stefanski and other coaches in the league. As you see all the nonsense going on with Gruden, and I'm not going to breach that topic. And Urban Meyer, I breached that topic on our Monday show way too much. You know That Stefanski is so focused, single-minded, and good at what he does from getting these guys not too high, not too low. You talk about Dan Campbell crying at the podium, right? Not too high, not too low. 
the opposite of that, that they can go from a, a tough, really gut-wrenching loss against a good team like the Chargers and turn their focus to the Cardinals, come home, and beat them. And I thoroughly believe that they come home and win. I texted it on, like, Tuesday. I just, I just have a feeling they are going to look really, really sharp in this game. Corrections on defense. Baker looks sharp. Cardinals won't be able to stop this run game. I don't know if anybody can stop this run game in the NFL, to be honest. This run game is an unstoppable force right now. Legit. For real. There's my concerns so far. You know, and you, Glenn, you mentioned trick plays. Wait, where's the reverse to Odell? Where's the, you know, the the throwback play or, or, you know, just a couple little wide receiver screens early to get him involved? Let's do that. Let's get him involved in the game early. To his credit, he's blocking his ass off. He's got 70-plus blocking grades. He's bought in. You cannot blame Odell for any of this. He's getting open. He's explosive. He's blocking. Let's get him the ball. Reward him. Get him the ball. It can't be that hard. Guy's open. It's just weird. The whole thing with Baker and him, it's just weird. It just doesn't make any sense, right? It's just weird. And the more data that supports it, the harder it is to fight that and just say, oh, it's this, it's that. Nobody can really explain it. I asked Josh the question, and he's like, it's just weird. But let's let's get him the ball early. See what that does. I think Baker just honestly feels comfortable throwing the ball to other people more sometimes. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's saving it for either. But, you know, I'm not going to doubt Stefanski. He, he got tight and choked. I don't think we'll ever see it again, folks. He's the kind of guy that will learn from this mistake and I don't think we'll ever see it again um yeah absolutely right Glenn commented in the comment section none of this is on OB none of it is he's been fantastic he's been bought in and and uh yeah absolutely so uh as you said I I as I said I think this is a win you know this is shocking here as we were looking at this with Josh too I mean, what is going on in the... And I said this on my Monday... When I'm on the Monday recap show. Look at this freaking... So this is what's going on with the Cardinals. Bob McManaman. Cliff Kingsbury says Rodney Hudson won't play. Chandler Jones has symptoms of testing positive for COVID-19. I think they have three guys positive for COVID-19. One more, and they will have to go into uh, like the you know, alert level in their locker room. Browns are hosting them this weekend. But look at this this freaking injury list from today. This is just the Browns. This is just the Browns. This is just the Cardinals. Oh, come on, guy. Keep working. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's like the freaking phone book. Beecham, Daniels, Edmonds, limited, limited, limited. Hopkins, illness, did not participate. Hicks, Hudson, ribs, shoulder, he's not, he's out. Byron Murphy, ribs, limited, did not participate on Wednesday. Kyler Murray, right shoulder, limited, limited. 
uh, Peters defensive line uh, rest. Vallejo did not participate. Hand linebacker Wilson Ribs cornerback limited today did not participate on Wednesday. The Browns Chubb calf DNP Clowney elbow knee DNP and then limited today. Conklin knee DNP DNP Garrett knee ankle DNP limited. Gage shoulder knee limited both days hunt didn't play either day wrist knee i mean they're listing two injuries at once on these guys look at mcdowell elbow foot neck (laughs) it's ridiculous just put entire body whole body out limited i mean so you know i think a lot of these guys will play fortunately um we talked about the uh, the culture of this offensive line. I mean, Treader's going to play. I don't think Wills will play. I think Hans will start there. I don't know what's up with Conklin. It's good that he didn't go on the IR, so obviously they expect him back at some point. And the other thing we don't know yet is about, Jar- is about Jarvis. He's been running. Uh, they've kind of hinted that he should be back soon. Do they mean this weekend? I don't know. We could sure use him this weekend against the Card- Cardinals. But, I mean, this – I would send this to uh, Los Angeles, to SoFi Field, and say uh, maybe next time you splurge for, you know, five whatever, $15 billion stadium, whatever it costs, maybe you can put some real real grass in instead of this turf. So, I don't get that. If you're going to build a nice-ass stadium out in Los Angeles, put put real grass in. The turf is killing guys. Taking them out. I mean, this is a... I said earlier, this is all around the league injury list look like this right now. It's rough this year. You know, what's the cause? I don't know. Uh, is it because of the easier preseason? Guys doing a lot less in the preseason? I find that hard to believe. I mean, it wasn't even this bad last year, and it was even shortened more last year. But this year, I mean, absolutely everybody is injured every week. So, uh, a lot going on there. Let's see if I've covered everything. Uh, yeah, I mean... 49ers did a good job with Murray. You've gotta you've gotta hem him in the pocket. You can't over pursue. Um I think that the Browns corners will be fine. You're gonna need they need to be better, obviously, communications wise. Surely the Cardinals saw that tape and they're gonna put they're gonna run stuff that stresses that stresses those points where the Browns broke down communication wise last week. They're going to run cover three beaters that stress the communication points there. That circle guys back into vacancies behind, like 22 Jet Wasp did. They're going to do stuff like that. Browns, hopefully, spend the time. Joe Woods, get it right communication-wise. I think they'll get it right. John Johnson has not been what we saw with the Rams, but I don't fault him. He's getting used to it realize don't don't worry about him he's a hell of a football player uh he will be there in the end should have had an interception two weeks ago bogus call 
bogus calls galore this week. I don't even want to get into it. All the stuff we talked about was Stefanski choking at the end. Should have never happened, right? Browns up nine. The uh, freaking Chargers go for it on their own 40-yard line and get bailed out on that kind of an interference call. That's why they That's why they need the, the sky judge or whatever, right? They used it on the one play wherever they called down to to the official when on a two-point conversion when Eckler ran in and he came up short they didn't even go to the booth review or anything they just called right down to the official said he's short he overruled it right on the spot bing bang boom it took no 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 time at all why can't that be done on every replay how often do we see them go to the booth and then they come back and still get it wrong drives me nuts um officiating was brutal killed the browns killed a lot of teams uh, on sunday but especially killed the browns there's multiple multiple things that went into that game where the officiating was terrible but the problem is i can't blame the officiating when there was so much game after that that the browns had a chance to win the game anyways you know so it's really hard to put it all on them um yeah you're absolutely right. Kyler Murray does a lot of what Murray de- uh, Herbert does. However, he does more off script than even Herbert does. I mean, they they do a lot of. You're going to see the wide receivers out there, and a lot of ad libbing, and he does more off script. Murray is just a guy that will go out. And when the Browns are in zone, he's going to run around until that zone breaks down and he's going to wing it in there. I mean, that's he's very much like Mahomes like that. You can't really blitz him. you got to get home with your front four, which shouldn't be a problem with the Browns because their front four has been fantastic. Even against the Chargers was very good. Um Watch them on where they spot balls. Hunt lost about... Yeah. I mean, officials missing spots. Yeah. Everything. Poor, poor stuff. Poor performance by them. Really, really hurt the Browns. But Browns hurt the Browns too. So let's be real about that. Can't can't let that happen again this week, especially against the talented wide receivers you can see. A.J. Green is their leading receiver somehow. I, you know resurgence in in Arizona but Kyler Murray uh you know I don't know how injured he is but the speed rush stuff from Garrett can't happen here this you're gonna see and even uh Josh mentioned it the one thing the Browns have really started to gel earlier with is the guys in the middle McDowell and uh both Malik's and Garrett Tack McKinley and even when Clowney was in there are really playing well off each other. They're all really starting to play those games up there and winning with those games up front and front four stunts and twists and you know coming off each other's hips and confusing offensive lines and without Hudson at center, you know that they should be doing the same thing and focusing the pressure towards the interior and none of that not as much of that speed rush stuff you can't break contain on murray because he'll just he'll just run 
He'll take that 15 yards every time. And, you know, Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, his ability to play and some of the highlights we saw from last week, JOK, him and the existence of, uh, of Malik McDowell, who we, you know, I had huge questions about this defensive line room. But those two on the field with the talent around them, I mean, that even raises the ceiling for this defense even higher, in my opinion. So, I I got the Browns winning this one against the Cardinals. You can call me a homer all you want, but to me, this is a justice game, a karma game. They should have lost twice. Browns, two games, probably should have won. Probably outplayed the other team for two games. Maybe not on Sunday, but a game they should have won, probably. And, and they didn't get him. This... This evens this evens things out. Gives the uh, Cardinals their first loss. Gives the Browns a big win over uh, an undefeated team, and and makes things right in the NFL. Just kind of seems right that they win this one. And I do think that from what you saw from the way the 49ers played the Cardinals and really slowed them down to 17 points. I think they won 17-10. Browns run the same stuff, just with better athletes or equal to or better athletes. So if you don't break down communication-wise, and they are going to stress those points, I mentioned that, Kingsbury will do that. But if the Browns are true in their communication and true in their coverage, as far as the safeties go, they should be good. They should be able to slow them down. And like I said, I don't think anybody can stop the Browns' run game, especially this Cardinals' defense I don't think can stop the run game without bringing extra people up in the box. And Baker was good enough last week to take advantage of that. So the Browns should win this game. I think they're better than the Cardinals. I, I don't think the Cardinals are the best team in the NFC. I think probably the best team in the NFC is probably the Rams, in my opinion. But they they beat the Rams, you know. Not Head-to-head matchups don't always prove who's the better team is. Nine out of ten times. Seven, probably not nine. Like seven out of ten times I'd take the Rams over them. Hey, we're running right up against Thursday Night Football. Go watch the game. I'm Brad Ward. This is All Eyes on Cleveland. I've just been talking to these guys. Glenn and chat. Troy, thank you guys so much for your comments. A lot of stuff this week to to get off my chest. Thanks for Josh for coming on. CBS Sports covers the NFL. He'll be covering the Browns and the uh, Cardinals game. 405, fall game. Going to rain on Saturday. Should avoid the rain on Sunday. Talked about this already. Should be 60 degrees, 4 o'clock games, starting the day, nighttime by the time it's over, third quarter starts to get dark, fun games. Those are fun games. Those are the kind of games I love in Cleveland. Should be a lot of fun. Big game. One of the biggest games of the weekend. A lot of eyes on this one. And I think the Browns show up well. Stefanski never lost two games in a row in his career. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, You guys are the best. If you are a fan of what All Eyes on Cleveland does and want to support what we do, you can become a member uh, down below in the... uh, No, I I don't think it's going to be particularly windy. I think it'll be somewhat windy, Glenn, but I don't think we're talking about affect the game windy. Uh, Not like like last year where they had the three win games in a row, uh, you know, that changed the, the whole play structure and, and game script of all three of those games with the wind. I, I don't think it's that kind of wind. But it'll, I mean, it's on the lake. It'll be a little bit windy. Um, Browns win, though, my opinion, and, and cover and look good. So, 
It'll be a fun one. Uh, got all this stuff on my chest. Thanks to Mikey on the ones and twos. Once again, thanks to Josh. Go to the link in the description below if you want to support All Eyes on Cleveland. Become a member, $3 a month. Get all of my random thoughts in our uh, exclusive content section, plus uh, other audio clips and video clips that I'm posting in there all the time. You can go to the website, www.alleyesoncleveland.com, and leave a voicemail anytime, and I'll play it on the air. Uh, just asking and, and our patrons uh, that uh, we already have at All Eyes on Cleveland. As I want to thank them real quickly, Robert Schulner and Nick Farmer. Thanks for being members of All Eyes on Cleveland. You can do the same in the link below in the description. Hit like, hit subscribe, keep coming back, tell a friend this is All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. Mikey is on the one and twos. Go Brownies. Keep coming back. This has been a fun one. Uh, oh, and last thing, I, I'm very long-winded this evening, so thank you for bearing with me. On Saturday nights now, it, it's official, we're doing it every Saturday night, your game day preview, joint collaboration, All Eyes on Cleveland, and OBR Film Room Breakdown with Jake Burns. Every Saturday night we will be doing, it's about 20 minutes long, go over the lines, the weather, three keys to the game from each of us. Uh, and it's just podcast. It won't be on YouTube or anything, but you can get it from his feed or my feed. Uh, but we've done it like the last three games, and we're going to keep doing it. So do a little, we're doing, doing a little crossover, both uh, part of the Blue Wire podcast family. So we're doing a little crossover uh, show. We usually uh, record it around 10 or 11, uh, depending on things going on on Saturday night so it's available for you first thing on Sunday morning as you're getting ready for your Browns game throughout the day just throw it on 20 minutes it's really good stuff you know Jake's the best there is and uh and uh so we do that together every Saturday night so make sure you listen for that make sure you uh are uh following the podcast so that pops up all eyes on Cleveland where all popular podcasts can be found so thank you so much for listening tonight Appreciate you guys, everybody that supports us. Hit the subscribe button. Keep coming back. Go Brownies. They're going to win on Sunday. Big one. Just threw my pen. It's okay. You start getting excited. Go Browns.